You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. That, of course, is the Buckeye Battle Cry, the fight song of the the Ohio State University. Every Friday this year, we've been having people in who disagree with me. We call it Opposite Day here on Detroit Today. It's usually someone who sits on the other side of the political aisle from me, but... Today, we're changing it up a little bit with the return of college football. I am, of course, a University of Michigan alum. As you heard during the last conversation, I marched in the U of M marching band. Today, I'm welcoming someone who's been a lifelong fan of the Ohio State University. I'll leave out some of the adjectives I have for that team right now. We usually try to keep this pretty civil on Fridays around here, but I cannot promise that I won't get too exercised, but I want to welcome Bill Shea, who is a senior reporter who covers the business of sports for Cranes Detroit Business, to the studio. Bill, it, you know, you being an Ohio State fan, it, it always just breaks my heart. You're such a smart guy. You're such a fun guy. <laughs> How can this be the truth? <laughs> it's a, a product of uh, birth geography. <laughs> yeah, all right, for all of us, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an Ohio, proud Ohio native. I did not attend the Ohio State University. I attended Wright State University, which uh-huh. does not have a football team. Oh, really? See, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, so it's one of the largest uh, public schools that doesn't have one, but yeah. I was going to be an Ohio State fan no matter what. <laughs> well, I, I feel like that's one of the things that's a little bit different between Ohio and Michigan. Everyone I know who is from Ohio, who lives in Ohio, is an Ohio State fan. Here, the allegiances get get a little more blurred, I guess, because we've got two teams. Uh, but even even so, I feel like there's a fandom, a level of fandom in Ohio that uh, I don't see here a whole lot. Yeah, that's always been one of the big differences. You have the the two major Big Ten universities here in Michigan. Um, Ohio has, you know, the single largest um, school in, in Columbus there. Um, I mean, there's a ton of other. Ohio has more colleges. There's a lot of colleges and universities. Yeah, more than yeah. any other state. Yeah. You, if there's a crossroads in a town in Ohio, <laughs> there is a college or university nearby. Most of the Mac seems to be there, you know, play the Heidelberg capital. Um, and the, uh, the fans are fans of those teams, yeah. but everybody is also an Ohio State fan, yeah. um, especially in that last weekend in November. Yeah, well, we're not talking about that right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the second weekend in September. We're not there yet. Uh, I, I, I do want to talk football. Uh, you are, as you say, are, are, are a fan of Ohio State, but uh, I know you also pay a lot of attention to the sport and the state of the sport. I feel, I feel more and more conflicted each year when the season starts right now because as much as I like the the everything about it, the pageantry, the atmosphere, the fandom, I, I feel like the sport is more and more troubled. Am I am I imagining that, or or do you feel the same way? No, I I feel the same way. Um, th- there's a, a a crisis that's building um, at all levels. Um, you know, the numbers show fewer and fewer people are are having their kids play football and that they're going to feel that. And if that trend continues, um, college football and the National Football League will feel that in the future. Um, You know, whether that continues, um, we'll see. But, you know, the the discussions around traumatic brain injuries and the the long-term implications of that um, is going to be an ongoing story for a long time. The NFL hasn't handled it very well. 
Um, I'm not quite sure how the NCAA is, is really tackling it in, in, at the high school level. I mean, there, there's a lot of investment in helmet technology, mm-hmm. but this, and especially at the pro, the pro level, this is always going to be an extremely violent sport. Yeah. You, you can't take away tackling and hitting and expect to have a, a $14 billion league anymore. People, yeah. We love our gladiatorial blood sports in this country. I mean, there's something a little macabre right now, I feel like, about the way that uh, we're watching this sport, right? We, we know now so much more about what the long-term effects are of playing the sport, the, the, the constant smacking of your brain uh, inside of your skull mm-hmm. leads to all kinds of, of complications later. And yet, Boy, you you turn on that game and you're just like you're you're waiting for the hit or the 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 big sort of collision between between players and and again I just don't feel I don't feel great about it anymore. No, I I I think you're absolutely right. I think a growing number of people feel that way. Um, you know, I I played in high school and I, I played briefly in the um, arena minor right. leagues. Yeah. Um, and I, I would guess I had three or four con- full-fledged concussions yeah, over yeah. my career. And I and today I wonder if I can't remember something that I should remember. I'm like, is that is that me just getting old? Right. Or is that something to do with getting my noggin smacked around so many times <laughs> as a very slow quarterback yeah. back in the day? Um, it, it was miserable at the time, but, you know, this was late 80s, early 90s. Um, the understanding wasn't the same, and parents are more sophisticated today. That yeah. it's out there, you know, the, the stories and stuff. So, yeah I, yeah, I think we have a crisis on our hands. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Bill Shea, senior reporter who covers the business of sports for Crane's Detroit Business. We're talking about college football. College football is back. We're in the second weekend of college football coming up this weekend. Uh, what do you think about the state of college football? Uh, do you think it's a troubled sport? Do you think football in general is a troubled sport and that maybe we're reaching a time sometime soon where we don't have that as a sport at any level? Is it possible that football could go away because of the concerns over health and safety. Give us a call, 313-577-1019, if you want to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. We're also just talking about college football. The rooting interests in the room here are divided. I am, of course, a alum of University of Michigan and a big fan. Bill Shea, my guest, is a fan of The Ohio State University. Uh, that's that's what we do here on Fridays at Detroit Today. We have somebody in who has a different point of view than I do. Again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us at Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. You know, I, I also want to talk, Bill, about, uh, about money and the money that um, – that exists in college football and who gets it and who doesn't. I heard a wonderful quote from Desmond Howard, uh, who was actually a classmate of mine at the University of Michigan and is now a sportscaster. They were talking about whether to pay college players. Uh, And he said, uh, he said, look, everything has changed from the time when he was playing at the University of Michigan in the late 80s, early 90s, and now the coaches make more money, the schools make more money, 
the television out- outfits that that broadcast these games are making more money, and there's just more money in the sport generally. That has not changed for the players. And he said that just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know that he supports the idea of paying players outright, but I think the point he was making was right. Does it, you know, how can you have everybody else not just getting wealthy, and some of them are, and some of them aren't, but getting more, more than they used to, and still defend the idea that these kids, they get a free education, no question about that. But you hear the stories about kids not having enough money to, to, to buy lunch, kids not being able to get their parents to come see them play on campus. There is an inequality there, I think, that is becoming a little more urgent. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. The, the amount of cash flowing through Division One college football is staggering. Um, it's it's on the millions, it's the billions, um, and it's on the backs of, of these kids, uh, many of them who come from disadvantaged backgrounds, and there's these onerous NCAA uh, regulations and what they can and can't do. Um, yes, you're, they're getting a free education. Oftentimes that is a fiction. Um, these are sometimes young men that w- wouldn't, you know, shouldn't be in the school. They're, they're not academically qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and the schools keep up this fiction that they're getting this quality education that will help them later in life when, when what's happening is they're being chewed up and turned out maybe with lifelong physical and mental injuries. Sure. Um, and, and very few of them will get a shot at the National Football League and that that money. Um, what is the solution? I don't know. I don't, you know, you write a kid a check. There's all sorts of perils that can come with that and mm-hmm. gambling and all sorts of other things. Um, is it relaxing the rules on what they can do? Um, selling merchandise, right. things like that. I, I think that relaxing some of those rules would, um, you know, done in the right way would satisfy some of these concerns. Um, yeah, you know, I, I have thought for a while that one of the ways we ought to think about this is is in terms of incentivizing the kind of behavior that we want these kids to indulge in the first place. You, you want them to stay in school. You want them to graduate, whether they're going to play professional football or not. So why not create a trust that would pay the kids after they're done with their college football careers based on how long they stayed? If you stayed two years, you get a certain amount of money. If you stay four years you get more. I, you know, I've suggested this to people and they're like, well, I don't think that'll work. I don't know that the money would be there, but I think it would, it's sort of uh, killing two birds with one stone that way. In other words, you would get more kids to stay in school and those kids would be better off financially for the work that they had done. No, I, I think ideas like that need to be explored and we're not going to know if they work until we try something. We know the current system doesn't work. It may work for the schools and the NCAA uh-huh. because they're swimming like Scrooge McDuck in piles of gold, yeah. <laughs> um, where the kids are are not. Um, you know, I th- I think it's going to come to a head at some point. They'll figure something out, um, and we will wrestle with it for some time to come. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the phones here. And again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join. Chuck and Franklin, you're up next on Detroit today. Uh, hi, Stephen. Hi, Bill. Hey. Um, I'm a season ticket holder uh, at uh, at Michigan, mm-hmm. and uh, I say to you that the day that we start paying the players is the day that I turn those tickets in. I'm not sure how many other people uh, feel the same way, 
but um, what, what what's the reason you feel that? What's the reason you feel that way, Chuck? Oh, it, it, because the whole atmosphere is built around the college players and student athletes, and I am not interested in the NFL. I think a lot of this uh, traumatic brain injury stuff is is uh, related to NFL players who play, you know, an 18 game season and uh, a 15 year career and five. Uh, preseason games and um, playing at an absolutely unreal level of uh, power and speed and hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I. I can't think of many um, uh, high-profile cases of pure college players who are suffering from any um, traumatic encephalopathy. So you're, but, you're meaning but, but you're that, talking about college players who then don't go on to play yeah, at the professional yeah. level. Yeah, but but back to the business of, of paying players. I just think it is an absolute poison, and and this business about about there being billions and billions of dollars in the college football system. Uh, I can tell you that the University of Michigan is hitting me up for more money every year, <laughs> and and the the, uh, the, the athletic de- the athletic department does not run on a profit. It absolutely does not. There is revenue there, and the revenue gets parceled out to. Sure about 30 sports, um, half of them um, uh, being uh, promoted by Title IX. Sure. So, and they don't make um, money, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Chuck, I appreciate, I appreciate the call and the thoughts. I don't know that I agree, but I think that's, that's where a lot of people come down on this, is that uh, paying the players would somehow ruin the atmosphere. For me, I think there's more of just a, you know, it's a plain social justice question in some ways. I mean, these kids seem more like they're exploited than they did before. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and you know, there's the fiction of their likenesses being, you know, we just happen to be selling the number seven jerseys. Name's on the back. It's just a coincidence right. it's at the stadium store. Yeah. You know, they are exploiting in that sense. And I think the caller's right, and there is potential for uh, abuse. And, but you know, with paying the players, there's a lot of risk involved in how you do that. And we have to come up with something that will protect the integrity. And but this fiction of, of, you know, college footballs, it's amateur. Look at the amounts of money and and corporate sponsorships. And they, they gave up the amateur imagery a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bill Shea, senior reporter who covers the business of sports, for Crane's Detroit business, as always, thanks for being here. You predicting another national championship for your Buckeyes? Uh, my heart says yes. <laughs> my mind says no. They look awfully good. But, uh, uh, but Michigan looks pretty good this year, too. We'll see. Should be a great game in November. I hope All right, so. Thanks for being here. Up next, WDIV's Devin Skillian is going to join us to talk about his station's reporting on the opioid crisis and other news around town. Stay with us on Detroit Today.